today. If you have your Bibles, the book of Jude, chapter 1, verse 20, if you would do the honor of standing to your feet for the reverence of the reading of God's precious word. The Bible says in verse 20, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Now we know in any building there is a foundation, and that foundation is Jesus. That foundation is our faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the foundation, and salvation is that foundation point. And upon that foundation, blocks can be laid. We've got block masons even here today. And they can tell us a lot about laying blocks, amen. And there's blocks and bricks in this building. And yea, there are thousands and thousands of them that are here. And I can remember when the very first ones and second ones and third ones were being laid. We're preaching today on building blocks of faith. And the first one is your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is that foundation. Upon no other foundation can no man lay other than that that is laid, the Lord Jesus Christ. The next one is baptism. You need to follow the Lord in baptism. He's commanded you to do it. If you've delayed doing it, you're disobedient until you get to the point to where you're obedient to what the Lord's told you to do. Today, you're going to go to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Let's read it now. Hebrews chapter 10. I want to read verse 22, 23, 24, and 5. Hebrews 10 verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Building blocks of faith. Church attendance. You want to have some building blocks upon your foundation of salvation? Get baptized. You want some building blocks upon your foundation of faith in Jesus Christ? Church attendance. I've heard all that before. I'm going to preach on the value of church attendance this morning. Father, would you help us to preach in the power and the demonstration of your spirit. For this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. One of the first blocks that needs to be laid upon your building blocks of faith is church attendance. It's at the very beginning of the Christian life. You should become part of a church. You should be affiliated with the church. Well, preacher, the day I got saved, you said I was baptized into the body of Christ and I became a member of the church. Yes, you did. But you need to be affiliated with a local body of believers, a local assembly called the house of God where the people of God gather. There's nothing more important, I believe, in Christian life than beginning right. If you begin right... You can go on right. But if you begin wrong, likely you're going to veer off course if you're not careful. 
Now may I say this today? Fire trucks have four wheels and eight firefighters on board. Four plus eight equals 12. A little fella back there a minute ago brought me a ruler, 12 inches on a ruler. Queen Elizabeth is a ruler. The Queen Elizabeth is one of the largest ships on the seven seas. Seas have fish. Fish have fins. The fins fought the Soviet Union, which we know as Russia, and their primary color is red. Fire trucks are always Russian, therefore fire trucks are red. If you think that's wild, you ought to hear some of the reasons why people explain why they can't go to church. I've heard better ones than that, amen. One of the best ones might just be this, and you ought to use it sometime. We're just out of peanut butter. Unbelievable. There was a group of men discussing the church. As they were discussing the church, the preacher walked by. And they stopped the preacher and said, Hey, I got a question, preacher. Tell me, do you agree that a man can go to heaven without ever going to church? The preacher said, Yeah, it is possible for a man to go to heaven without ever really going or belonging to a church. The man looked around to his buddies and said, See what I tell you. Told you boys, you don't have to go to church to go to heaven. They started walking away and the preacher stopped them and said, Wait a minute, I want to ask you something. If you care nothing for the church, where they sing, where they preach, where they praise God, why would you even want to go to heaven? Because that's all we're going to do when we get there is gather around the Lord Jesus Christ and worship Him forever and ever. A Christian who won't go to church is like a student who won't go to school. It's like a soldier who won't join the army. Like a citizen who won't vote. Like salesman without any customers. A sailor without a ship. Author without any readers. A football player without a team and a bee without a hive. You're out there all on your own. What are you going to do? Every Christian should get in church and attend the church faithfully. Church attendance is essential to your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it needs to be built upon your most holy faith. In verse 25, the writer says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Apparently, in Paul's day, there was people, imagine that, ignoring the fact that they should have church attendance and church membership. They were taking it lightly. I'm shocked why church attendance is taken so lightly in the day and age which we live your own governor in the state of North Carolina, and I'll quote him, said church is non-essential. That means it's not needed. I want to tell you something. The governor is wrong. The word of God is correct. Just a basic message I want to share today. And I said, Lord, this is just so bad. God said, it's my word. It's my power. I'm talking to somebody today 
whoever it is, follow me. And uh, my word has got to go forth and do what needs to be accomplished. You let it go. There are people that are ignoring, taking lightly the opportunity that we have to attend the house of God. And the writer's charge in these verses is made in light of several truths, three of which begin with the little term, let us. See it in verse 22, let us. See it in verse 23, let us. See it in verse 24, let us. That is an exhortation. Three times we are given an exhortation. Preacher Dan, what is it about the church? Let me give you three things. The church is a place to enjoy the Savior. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. He's here today. I've been enjoying him already. Amen. Now look with me. I want to talk about the relationship that you have with God that's already established in verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Preacher Aaron, our bodies washed with pure water. It's representing the Word of God. Let the Word of God wash you. Let it cleanse you. Listen, somebody said, boy, I've read the Bible 13 times. That's good. That's good for you to go through the Bible, but has the Bible gone through you? Amen. We need the Bible to go through us. And he's talking about the cleansing work of salvation. Salvation brings us into a right relationship with God the Father. Before we were saved, our sins separated us from God. Amen. But when a person gets saved, the cleansing work of the blood of Jesus Christ brings you, washes you, cleanses you, and makes you one of his very own. David said this in Psalm 23, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd. A sinner can't say that. A sinner cannot say that. A sinner can say the Lord is a shepherd, but a sinner can't say he's my shepherd. But I'm glad to report to you this morning, as y'all just sang a minute ago, He is my shepherd. Can you say that today? Do you know him on that relationship? He's not just God. He's my God. Say that to your neighbor. He's my God. Amen. Hallelujah to the Lord. I have a relationship that has been established with Jesus. Jesus, through Jesus, have a relationship with God the Father. Amen. He's my God. I have a relationship that is enjoyed. Look at verse 22 again. Let us draw near. This relationship that I have with Christ, I'm to enjoy. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to get very personal. Don't answer it out loud, please, nobody. Do you have any relationships or friendships, fellowships, with somebody that you know that every time you get around them, you have to walk on eggshells? You've got to be so careful to maintain that fellowship, that relationship. You can't just really be yourself. You can't talk about certain things. You can't bring certain, you just have to, oh my, just maintain. Some of y'all are laughing right now because you know there's somebody that you know, and it's probably me, but it's somebody right now that you have to be so careful around. You can't enjoy your relationship because you're always (gasps) guarding the relationship. But with Jesus, I can let my hair down and just be myself, amen, 
and I can enjoy the Savior and the relationship that I have with Him. Let me illustrate it like this. Many years ago, Israel had to worship at the tabernacle. You remember, it was a tent, had a great big fence around it. Inside the tent, there was a place called the the holy place and the holy of holies, okay? And imagine a man that's a Gentile dog like me comes along and says, hey, what's inside that fence? And the Jew says, that's where Israel worships. Oh, well, I want to go in there and worship God. No, you can't go in because you're a Gentile and we're Jews. You have to stay out. But if I was born an Israelite, could I go in? Yeah, but you'd have to be born again because you're not an Israelite. You're a Gentile. And say I get inside that fence. I say, now look, inside that fence, there's this beautiful, there's this tent with all these these gold and white and purple and blue veils. I want to go inside that tent. I want to go into that holy. Oh, no, you can't go in there. Unless you've been born in the tribe of Levi and you're a priest, that's the only ones that can go in there. You'd have to be born again if you want to go in there. Okay, say I was born again, born a priest in the tribe of Israel, in the tribe of Levi of the house of Israel. Then that other room back there, that room with the, the mercy seat and the Ark of the Covenant, I want to go back there. Oh, no, 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 you can't go back there. Even Levi and Israel can't go back there. That's only for the high priest. And even then, the high priest can't go every day. He can only go one time a year with the blood to sprinkle it for a sacrifice for all of our sins for atonement. You'd have to be born again if you want to go back there just one time. But come here, let me tell you something. The writer in the book of Hebrews just said, The veil has been torn in two from the top to the bottom. And Jesus says to us, bunch of junkyard Gentile dogs, you now that were unworthy, you now that were undeserving, you're not just coming behind the fence. You're not not walking inside the tent. You're going into the holy of holies, into the presence of Almighty God. Let us draw near with full assurance. When I come to church today, God the Father sent Jesus to say, you tell them they're welcome to come worship me. What a privilege that is. I see you as essential, not as non-essential. Y'all get what I'm laying down? In fact, look at verse 19. I was trying to skip that, but God won't let me. Verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, having an high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of our faith. He's just said to us, youngins, you're welcome to come in and enjoy the goodness of God. Enjoy your relationship with Jesus. That's why it's okay to shout in here and praise God and have yourself a spell, amen, and get in the glory patch because this is the house of God. And when we come together, 
We're to enjoy our Savior. Let's move on. Look at verse 23 of Hebrews chapter 10. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. Preacher Dan, what else about a church? Why should I have church attendance? Because I can enjoy the Savior there. You know what? I think you should have church attendance because it's a place to express our salvation. Hey, Brother Jerry, I'm saved. Are you saved, Brother Jerry? Hallelujah, Brother Jerry. We have fellowship together, amen, through Jesus. What a blessing. Brother Keith, I'm saved. Are you saved? Amen. Hallelujah, we have fellowship. Brother Tony, are you saved? I'm too, amen. We're brothers in Christ. When we come together, we can express our salvation. Look over here, Joshua said, well, I hope you don't ask me. <laughs> Josh, are you saved? Sure. Hey, man, me too. Josh, you two Joshes. Josh, you saved? Sure. Caleb, you saved? Seth, you saved? Sure. Mike, you saved? Bob, you saved? Yeah. David, you saved? What a blessing we come together and express our salvation. Hey, church, I'm saved. Are y'all saved? Yeah. Hey, man, it's a good place to come together. Now, let me say this. Going to church... It's like having a school building. Oh, I knew it would be awful. A school building. Oh, I hate a school building. Listen, when you come to learn about Jesus, you, you come to learn truths and, and things to give you strength and things to promote your faith. And the house of God is not only just like a school building where you have a time of learning, but it's like a gymnasium where you can work out and gain strength and build up your most holy faith. Well, preacher, that's one thing I don't want to. You've got a gym membership, but you never go. Some people have got a church membership, and they never go. Amen. And the gym membership you're paying more for than you're giving at the house of God. You're welcome. Amen. I'm just saying it's a place for you to gain strength and build yourself up. Amen. Now, let's talk about this here for just a second. We have a, a defensive faith. Watch this. Let us hold fast. The profession of our faith. Profession. Write this word down. Homo logeo. That's what it is. Homo. That means the same as. Homo logeo. It means to speak the same thing. Like if you were to confess, hey, I'm to confess myself a sinner. I'm to say the same thing about my sin that God says about my sin. He knows I'm a sinner. I said I'm a sinner. I confessed. Said the same thing. He said his son's the Savior. I say his son's the Savior. I've confessed and said the same thing. The profession of my faith is a confession of my faith. It is homologeo. I'm saying the same thing that God says. The word, the terms, hold fast. That is kata echo. That means to grip. Do not let go. Oh, no, not because you're holding on to your salvation, amen. Your salvation is stored in heaven's bank vault. Bank vault, but you're to hold on to the relationship to and make it enjoyable that you have with the Lord. And look with me down later in the verse. It says, "Hold it fast without wavering." That means leaning, or bending, or laying down. Have unwavering or unbending faith. There are things that'll try to shake you in this world. There are things that's trying to try to get you to waver in this world. But when we come together, amen, and we can worship together, we're made stronger and we're less likely to be shaken. I asked y'all earlier to stand up, and I looked over it carefully as we were reading the word, and y'all stood straight up. 
I didn't see anybody doing like this. You weren't wavering when you stood. You stood together. Maybe when you're at home, you're leaning against the wall. But here, when you stood up, you were, st you were standing unwavering, unbending. This world's going to try to get you to bend. It's going to try to push you down. It's going to try to defeat you. Ephesians 4.14 says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. We need to stand with the whole armor of God against that which would cause us to be tossed to and fro. We'll be able to stand against that which wants to shake us, that which wants to break us down. In other words, we ought to have a defensive faith. Also, we should have a developed faith. Your faith should be growing. It should be maturing. Uh, Friday was Isla's first birthday. She's grown a lot since she was first born. I mean, tremendous growth. Things she can do now, she can never do then. Are you having growth in your walk and in your faith, in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you gaining learning from reading the Word of God? The church is a place that is grounded in faith. It's a place where you can be growing in faith. Get in Sunday school. Learn the Word of God. Hear ten preaching of the Word of God. Hearing, the Bible says, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. The programs of the church must be to motivate. The programs of the church must be a mission of building believers. Amen. Now, the Bible has, write this down, over 7,000 promises in the Word of God. 7,000. Now, I, I may make you a promise. Hey, I'll see you Monday night. I thought Monday night I was going to get to be here Monday night. Monday night I was going to get to come hear this young man teach. And I had stuff come up and I let you down. I couldn't be here Monday night. I made him a promise and I let him down. Well, preacher, that's just what a sorry individual you are. Well, I'm telling you, I've been busy, but I'll agree. That's what a sorry individual I am. Where were you? The young man was teaching the Word of God, and it was fantastic and fabulous. And let me, let me just say, Tuesday night's opportunity. There are things here in the church that's there to build you and to encourage you and to help you. There are 7,000 promises in the Word of God. And look with me in verse 23. Look with me. 7,000 promises in the Word of God. In verse 23, in parentheses. How many of y'all know from English class that a parenthetical statement is inside information? It's more information about the subject than really ought to be there. The writer just wants you to know. He is faithful that promised. He made you 7,000 promises plus. He will not let you down. He will never forsake you, amen. And may I say this? Listen to me. Did you know that for a Christian, attending the house of God for a worship service is a profession of your faith? That's what you're saying. It's a way, when you come together, of expressing your salvation. Whew. See, what happens is when people stop attending church, they, 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 we, sometimes we wonder, did they ever believe? You call, you check on them, they, they won't come, and, and it makes you wonder. Preacher Darren, I'm not following you. I want to turn, turn, turn with me. We're going to go over here to the book of 1 John. The book of 1 John, chapter number 2. 1 John, chapter 2. And I want to look at verse number 19. Have you ever heard the, study, the story of the prodigal son? Eight people. If, you don't, if more people don't get with me about the prodigal son, I'm going to preach the whole thing now before I go to baptism. Have you ever heard the story of the prodigal son? I've seen hands going up quick that time, amen. Your preacher let us out, okay? We got it. 
Have you ever heard the story of the prodigal pig? Well, the prodigal son asked his father what was preventing him from getting his inheritance now. And the father said, I'll give it to you now. And the boy went out and wasted everything he had on riots his living. And when he had nothing left, all his friends had forsaken him. He had no money, no way to eat. He found himself in the hog lot. And while he was in the hog lot eating the husks that would fill the pig's belly, he thought to himself, I'm going to rise and go back to my daddy and say, Daddy, I've sinned against you and against heaven. Please forgive me. I'm not worthy to be your son. But if you'd make me to be one of your hired servants, I'll work for you for the rest of my life. I'm so sorry. And while he was thinking about what to do, the pig that was in the hog lot with him said, You got a daddy that just forgive you like that? You got a daddy that's rich? You got a daddy that's going to put shoes on your feet, ring on your finger, robe on your back? You got a daddy like that? Yes, I do. I'm going home. I'm leaving this hog lot. I'm getting out of here. And the pig said, ooh, take me with you. So he says, come on. So the prodigal goes home, and the father was watching for him, and he comes running out, and he kissed him and kissed him and kissed him and kissed him and put the ring on him, shoes on his feet, robe on his back, and there was his prize pig. They said, come on up. We're going back to the father's house. They got back to the father's house. They got all these things ready. They had a nice feast that night. They took him upstairs, put perfume on him after they gave him a good bath, put out clean sheets, ta-da, told him, want you to lay down right there. And the pig said, wait a minute, now wait a minute, wait. I don't like this perfume up a pig. I don't like this bathe a pig. I don't like this clean sheets for a pig. I don't like, I mean, here I am in your father's house. I ain't real happy here. I'm leaving. I ain't coming back here to the father's house. I'm going back to the hog lot. 1 John 2, 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Second Peter chapter 2. Preacher dear, what are you trying to say? I just read you the scripture. Second Peter chapter 2. Verse 22. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit again. And the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. You had a sow that was washed but was never really saved and went right back out to the mire, right back out to the hog lot. Preacher Darren, what are you trying to say? I'm just trying to say this. In the house of God is a place you develop your faith. By your attendance to the house of God, it's a profession of your faith. And when you decide you're just going to start skipping and laying out and not coming back and not valuing and letting the governor be right about you being non-essential and you want to go back out to the world, you'll be faithful to Walmart, you'll be faithful to your job, you'll be faithful to get them kids ball games, you'll be faithful to everything the world has to offer. But you won't come to the house of God. Something must be wrong. Because here is a place that you enjoy the Savior. Here is a place you express your salvation just by being here, this is what you're saying. Just by being here. If you're a Christian, this is what you're saying. I believe. Some of y'all nod your head at me. If you're saved today by you being here, you're saying to Jesus, 
Sir, I want you to know, I believe you. I'm unworthy, but you're worthy. And I've gone to your house because I believe. Can I get a witness? How about, how about way back here? Do you believe? Yes, glory to God. Woo! Come to the house of God. We can enjoy the Savior. Come to the house of God. We can express our salvation. i got one more, and I'll be done. Look at me in verse number 24. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. The church is a place to encourage the saints. You see, the church is like a school for spiritual learning. The church is like a gymnasium for developing spiritual muscles. And the church is a spiritual meeting house where we come together to encourage one another, to provoke unto love and the good works. You see, there's just something about that that we can fellowship together. You know what fellowship is? It's two fellows in the same ship. When you come to church, you're going to find people that believe like you. You out there in the world, you're going to find people that believe all kind of silly notions and foolish things, amen. I'm telling you, honey, you, when you come to church, you're going to find people in the same shape, ship, boat as you are. Let us consider, the word consider means to give attention to. It speaks of believers who are caring, supporting, helping, being sensitive to one another's needs. I think about Miss Brenda back there. Had a big surgery on her leg just here the other day. Not only is Brother Rick here after surgery this week, there's Miss Brenda after having a big surgery on her leg. I told her, I said, you ought not to even be here. You know why she came? Because she believes. You know why Rick, he, he believes. Amen. What a statement that is. To be in the house of God, no matter what the obstacles and the adversity that's come to your faith, it is a statement this morning. Your church is your support group. The people you're around, they either push you up or they push you down. Preacher Josh, come up here. Come up here. Now, I know you can do it. I want you to pick me up put me on stage. Come on. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay, that's good. Oh, that good. That's good. Stay right there. Now, Preacher Josh, I want you to pull me off the stage. See how quick he can pull me down? But you see how much harder it is to pull somebody up? But here's the thing. If I said, Brother Josh, get Caleb yeah. and get Josh and come up here, I'm pretty sure you three boys would probably sling me over the back of the choir back there <laughs> in about 1.2 seconds. And we can lift each other up together quicker right. when we're together. Right. When you're out there by yourself, it, again, it's like a football player without a football team. Right. It ain't no good, amen. You, you're not going to win like that, one against 11. It just ain't going to happen. But when you got people helping you, amen. it'll, thank you, it, it'll help, amen. Just common sense things here. I know it's very simple. But we're to be supportive of each other. I wrote this down. Canadian geese, they fly in a V. You wonder why the Air Force and the Navy pilots have come up with that concept. They, they saw Canadian geese and they fly in a V. You know what they do? When they're flapping their wings, the one in the front, it creates an uplift, a draft up behind the one behind him. 
and they can fly 79% further together than they can by themselves. Together. You know what you ought to come to church? That we can be together and that we can pray together and support together. Not We're not here to attack each other. We're here to love each other. Aha! I have a problem. I have been forsaken. I have well, have you been to church lately? Have you been any time? I ain't been in 10 years, but yay, where are you at now? I'm just saying, amen. To provoke, look with me, to provoke unto love and good works. Provoke. Some of y'all look provoked. Do you, do you know this morning, we need Jesus, but we really need one another too. But somehow us Baptists is like a bunch of porcupines. Instead of needing each other, we needle each other. We needle each other to death, throwing our quills and our sharp points and trying to knock everybody back. When really we need each other to stay warm, amen? Not never before. To provoke, you think it makes somebody angry. But the scripture here means that you're stimulating, you're encouraging, you're, you're a source of inspiration, you're, you're provoking someone to love and to good, good works. Do you understand that the people you work with may not, may not be living a Christian life and they may get you to do otherwise. The people that are influencing your life. Verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. So much the more as you see the day approaching. I wrote this down. Now, this could be faster than you keep up with, but I want you to listen. This thought about one another. To, to provoke unto love and good work. Let us consider one another. Let us uh, be exhorting one another. Romans 12.10, prefer one another. Romans 12.16, be of the same mind one towards another. Romans 14.13, do not judge one another. James 3.11, do not speak evil one of another. Romans 4.19, edify one another. Romans 15.7, receive one another. Romans 15.14, admonish one another. 1 Corinthians 12.25, care for one another. 1 Peter 4.10, minister gifts to one another. 1 Corinthians 16.20, greet one another. Galatians 5.13, serve one another. Galatians 6.2, bear one another's burdens. Ephesians 5.21, submit to one another. 1 Thessalonians 4.18, comfort one another. Hebrews 3.13, exhort one another. I read this morning in James, confess your faults one to another. I read this morning in James, Pray one for another. 1 Peter 4, 9, use hospitality one to another. 1 John 1, 7, fellowship one with another. Have you ever thought about this? When you come to church, you're there to encourage people. But if you're not coming, you're not encouraging others and you're not getting encouragement. And some of us could use it. Amen? And you ever thought about this? That when you decide I'm going to stay home and I'm not going to come, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to be there. And for extended amounts of time, not because you're sick, not because there's issue, you just plain old-fashioned laid out. You know what you're saying? That is you casting a vote. You know what your vote just said? I don't care nothing about it. You can close it as far as I'm concerned. How do you feel about the governor saying we're going to close down all our churches? They're non-essential. Well, we might let you go up to 10 people. Then we try to have church out in the parking lot, but they weren't real happy about that either. They'd have a problem with Walmart or Lowe's gathering in the parking lot. Just saying, y'all, 
Attend the house of God. Defend your faith. Cast a vote. I believe Jesus Christ. I'm going to the house of God. I'm going to sing in that choir. I'm going to study my Bible. I'm going to pray one for another. Did you hear our prayer list this morning? Y'all heard in the prayer list, it's even like three times longer than what I've already mentioned. There are people in our fellowship that really could use your prayers. You stand to your feet. These are dark days we live in. And I'm telling you this. I need you. You need me. We need each other. When we come to church, we're to enjoy the Savior. When we come to church, we're to express our salvation. When we come to church, we're to encourage the saints of God. I didn't even get into the part about uh, evangelizing the sinner. Seth, you come. Maybe they somebody say, you know what, preacher, this church, I love this church. Man, they just something about getting together. I can't get it online. They just something, I want to pray for the house of God. I want to pray for my preacher. I want to pray for families. I want to pray for one another. There's people on this prayer list, preacher Darren. Lord, there's pre- preacher Darren, there's people lost. There's people in need of conviction, in need of a Savior. I'm going to the altar right now to pray. Oh, God, help us. Church attendance. The value of church attendance. Hey, just something you get here that you don't get anywhere else. Father, this morning, on bended knee with burdened heart, we approach your throne and seek your face to say, God, thank you for the church. You said upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Lord, thank you for the church. Thank you for your sacrifice and your love and your patience with the church. Help us, God, because we're not perfect. Lord, the very fact that I'm here made this group of individuals very imperfect. Lord, I'm a sinner and I've messed up the whole assembly. But Lord, I've been made to be saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we come before you on the authority of the blood of Christ to say, God, would you open the treasures of heaven and of the word of God and give us wisdom and let us understand the inheritance that you've given to the saints. God, open to us our understanding help us to know and help us to pray and love one another like never before God we love you we thank you for the house of God may your blessing be upon it God would you add to would you give increase to the attendance of the church of God in Jesus name I pray amen and amen